Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dave, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, w- was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I, I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast, because I just believe in their machine so much, and it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um, it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in one-stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> All right, let's head off to the podcast. Part two with uh, with Jeremy Schlitz and uh, kind of dealing with uh, this whole COVID um, process that we're we're kind of living in. Um, talking about the interview process, talking about how we kind of as coaches have to deal with this and the communication and and all those great things. I I know how much I got a couple emails on part one. I know how much you love part two. What you can to be the most successful. Well, right. you know that's hard for somebody that wants to have a senior year experience without maybe trying to specialize, which is unfortunate unless they're a unique talent in a large school. Right. When you get down to a school where, you know, role players have a place and can do it as, you know, something that they enjoy and, and, and fit on that spectrum um, without having to be a unique talent. I played basketball for you. I was terrible, um, <laughs> terrible basketball player. 
I didn't even you understood to your games. role. You did understand your role. Games my senior year. I stopped wearing my <laughs> my uniform shorts. So you guys couldn't put me in. Um, but I don't think that person exists as much anymore um, because parents are also valuing their ability to parent based upon their kids' accomplishments. Yeah. Um, I see yeah. more and more of that, um, and I think that's also that's a secondary component of what's going on with you know the social media utopic well, view. Well, and I also think, uh, I think I, 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 this is just, this is a parent talking at this point. I think you have to put it in perspective about athletics too. It's like I, the, the, the connection my son and I have made through athletics is second to none. Swear to God. I mean, it's literally him. And I have become closer because of sports, not, I mean, um, and he still loves playing both the sports he played in high school. So that's a win for me. Um, Cause I never, it wasn't, it was never about me. It was about his experience and him having fun doing it. Um, but I think people are always chasing these scholarships. And to be honest with you, the people who are listening. There aren't, first of all, there aren't that many scholarships <laughs> and it's not, it's, you know, you have a better chance of, you know, like drew going to Middlebury. He's the amount of grant money and scholarship money he got. There's probably more than somebody that gets a football scholarship to UW. So, I mean, there's other ways to, to reach what you want to reach. I think parents lose that perspective sometimes. Um, do you think that's because of youth sports blowing up? I think it's because youth sports has got money attached to it now. And, you know, I, I don't know why my six-year-old would need to travel outside of the county <laughs> to have a beneficial experience, nor do I think that I want my kids to play organized sport before they're maybe in third grade. Um, which is really weird to hear from an athletic director, right? But but, but I, I would say I would say you're saying six. I would say ten to twelve. I mean, I mean, yeah, no, I, six years old. There, there's people <laughs> out there playing baseball and soccer and traveling. That's that's ludicrous. Right. I've got fifty square yards in my backyard. We can all become a better right. athlete in. And yes. um, you know, I think it is and it isn't. But anybody that you know, you you grew up and and you're always trying to be a little bit better than the time before. I mean, that's the that's what I really think the value of an education-based athletic system like we have in our country is. Yes, is the people that are coaching and the people that are invested in it are invested in it from an altruistic standpoint, as opposed for financial gain. And right. if, any, if I'm paying somebody, they better tell me I'm good. Um, right. Otherwise, I'm going to pay somebody else. <laughs> right. Um, and I and I tell my players all the time. I said there is very few things in life that you will, you will build relationships like you do with your high school athlete friends. I mean, you can see, I can see it in Drew's like videos he's been publishing recently. It's like those friendships and those bonds because he grew up with playing with those kids. That's what's unique about it. I think that's what makes high school sports, in my opinion, the best because it's a group that all, you know, you'll never be with that group again. If you do play in college, you're put with people from all over the country. Um, and, and there's this academic stance with it, too. It's like, I, that's, that's what I think makes it great. Are there any other big things you've seen other than, other than that one change you said in the, in the last 10 years in high school sports? Participation? Have you seen a decline in participation? Have you seen – I've seen – You know, we, we haven't seen a decline in participation. You know, I think the, the trends are there's more opportunities, um, especially as you look at different places around our country or around the world. You know, some of the emerging sports, um, some of the change in maybe what the, the density of participation is. Um, what I do see is a decline in team sports, um, especially with our female athletes. 
Um, and and that one I think points to a little bit of that that youth sport component of especially because it's new and we haven't we haven't done a great job of putting female leaders in positions um, whether it's coaching positions or, or director of programming positions. Um, and I, I see sometimes that our, our girls coaches are held to a different standard by the parents um, in terms of what they're able to say and, and do um, effectively. Right. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I think it's a change, but it's a good change because we're starting to address that. You know, it isn't a default that the dad or a male is a coach. Right. And it definitely shouldn't be. Right. And I, and I know, I know Emma gave up basketball in relatively young just because she had, she had one bad experience. And she just mentioned it like three days ago because she was out shooting with her brother. So it's like, that's what, that's what I think youth coaches have to remember too. You don't want to be the, these kids last coach. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, so I, I think that's, I, yeah. It, what pivots have you seen the difference between girls and boys sports? I've seen, I've seen the gap close in the 30 years. I mean, it, I can talk about our girls team this year. It was like, they were crazy good, but I can just see that. I can see that gap. I can see how girls are, even in the last 30 years, how it's, how much has changed. What do you, have you seen any changes or movement on the horizon with that? Yeah. You know, I think what, what we do see is also just, the, you know, all that happens and, and we are starting to see more presence. We talk about the, the, you know, the WNBA, the media putting out in terms of our women's soccer programming. Um, you know, you see a little bit more of a visibility, um, which adds value to it, which adds interest, which adds buy-in. Um, and I think that's a really been a positive change. Um, and that's going to, we need to continue to, to feed that fire and, and to put, to put our, to give our girls an opportunity to have, you know, the same recognition that because they deserve it. Right. Um, unfortunately that's not necessarily what we see at the professional ranks and that's where that money component always kind of comes in. And, and I think, Right now we're at the change. I've got a four-year-old daughter that that I hope really benefits from, from the efforts, you know, that both our female leaders are putting in and those allies that are really promoting that type of thing. And the girls that are playing high school sports now become our head coaches, our athletic directors, our leaders. Right. And it becomes more reflective of society and society reflects sport. Right. I mean, I've had a I I mean I won't use names, but I have a couple of girls that are unbelievably great athletes that I know that are seniors this year that are thinking of becoming teachers. And it's like, oh my God, you got to be a teacher. You got to be a coach. It would be awesome for, for those kind of role models. Um, one other question that I forgot about the online thing that I know we talked about last year. Is there concern for coaches with liability um, with doing the virtual like online stuff or one-on-one? -on -one? What's your thoughts on that liability factor? I know you talked about that a little bit yesterday. Yeah, you know, I think it's actually, there. It, you can make it a, a positive because, you know, think of everything as being recorded. Right. And how are you going to act? You know, I think there's also some, you know, that's the positive where if you had a one-on-one -on -one meeting in a closed door office and there's only one other person there, there's no way for recourse on this right. is actually what happened. Right. But we have got a little bit of that. I think the, the difficult part is, you know, establishing those norms and finding a way to do it ahead of time. Um, and, and making those norms things that, yep, this is the way I'm going to interact. It's going to be informational. Um, if there's things that you come up that I don't feel follow under my normal purview, I'm going to bring somebody else in and I hope another trusted adult that can help address those types of things. And, you know, I, I don't think you can ever fix the individual. Um, and people are going to make 
errors in judgment, and, and there are going to be people out there that aren't going to use uh, their their contact with students, uh, you know, appropriately. But I don't think that's a, a reflection of the system. I think it's a reflection of the person. Right. And, and you do, we just got to educate our coaches as you need to treat this as though you're doing it on your playing field in the auditorium with everybody watching. Right. Or in the school. I agree. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I want to ask you a couple of basketball questions. Um, what do you think the hardest basketball concept to teach is? So, cause him and I coach for 20 years, so I know he knows his basketball. So I'm going to ask him a couple of basketball questions. So what do you think the hardest concept to teach it for a basketball coach is? I would say weak side defense. And why? Uh, because it is counter to everything that you think of in terms of a, a, a competitor. Um, and I'm just thinking from like foundationally, I'm not doing anything to affect what's going on now. You know, and I think of this more, not only just in a half court situation, but anticipation and a press. Um, you know, how you teach right. where you need to be when you are not the one who's trying to either create the pressure or exploit the pressure. And, and you know, that's hard to do because we're so focused on goal-oriented in a competitive situation, and you really need to stick with your principles and maybe do what is counterintuitive to, I just got to run towards an attack. Well, your, your most effective defense maybe it's to not be in that attack mode, but to be in the right place. Oh, I like that. I like that. I think, I think footwork is an undertaught thing. Um, you know, with screening, with pivoting. Um, I just think it's a really hard thing to teach with the amount of time that we have as high school coaches. Um, you know, there's been a lot of great stuff out on the web in the last three weeks from people doing free clinic, all sorts of great stuff. But no one really wants to break stuff like that down because I think it's super complicated to teach. Um, what, uh, what's one thing you learned this week? Hmm. I learned that uh, a clementine orange floats when it's unpeeled, when it's not peeled, and when you peel it, it sinks. Uh, this week, the theme in 4K is water. So we were playing a game called... <laughs> and why, and, why, and why, why is that? Is that the density? It must be that it traps the air inside when the peel is still intact. Um, my four-year-old daughter taught me this. Um, mm. And I was like, no. <laughs> and, and it is true. The clementine orange floats uh, until you peel it, and then it stinks. So that's, that maybe I, I saw you... And the thing is, some, the, 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 water probably goes, tricks. the water probably goes into the orange, too. Don't you think, or the the peeled one? Don't you think it's, it works like a sponge, maybe? I, I think you, you know it's similar to like a a ball, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, that might be one of those you could win one of those hundred dollar <laughs> dad bets you've been putting out I, on TikTok. I know those are. Oh, I got a couple good ones coming up. Um, what would you tell a young coach? Any sport? What would you tell a young coach? So let's say you just hired somebody. You have who's taking the volleyball job. So if Eric, if you're listening to this, but what would you tell a young coach that's just starting? You and I have both been in these shoes um, moving into their first season. Focus on the long-term goal that you put in. You know, I want to be a, if it's a lower level coach, I want to be a head coach. Okay. Then treat your freshman coaching position like you would treat a varsity coaching position. If you're getting that first head coaching job. Okay. What do you want? What's your program to look like in five years? And it's it, just like we tell our athletes, it's about the journey, not the destination. That first year might be real tough. You might not have the results that you want in five years. It's going to be tough. No matter what you do, I've told enough coaches that have gotten head jobs and assistants, 
you think you can be prepared. It's like anything. It's like walking in your first classroom. You know this. You can take all the teaching classes you want until you walk in there and do it on your own. You just got to be ready to uh, pivot like we were talking about before. <laughs> and have that trusted person that can be a sounding board as you go through it. Whether that's your athletic director, another coach in the building, another coach that you've got, you know, through like the network you've created, Steve, amongst basketball coaches. Have right. somebody where you can have those, you know, after game, I'm in the pits of despair. How am I going to get out of this? Right. You know, what's going to happen? Be, and and it, maybe it's somebody who's in a very similar position, but maybe it's somebody who was in that position 15, 20 years ago. You, that you, you, like, need, that su- you need that support group. So I can tell you this year when, when we lost our last game and it was the last game I was going to be coaching my son, the despair on his part and my part was hard. It was extremely hard. Hardest weekend we've had in a really long time. And he, he wouldn't get out of bed. I said, Drew, he goes, how does this get better? How does this get better? He goes, I go, you got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to get up. And in, two, in a week, it will be better. In two weeks, it will be much better. It's just one of those things. But you need people that you can lean on when that stuff happens because it's going to happen. Those kind of despair is going to happen. Yeah. Um, Hey, everybody. How you doing? Um, I want to give a big shout out to, first of all, please subscribe and like and leave a review. Those really do mean a lot to us. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We all want to get better. We're asking our kids to, to become better on their own right now. So why don't you become better too as a coach? Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They, they allow us to keep these podcasts moving and chugging and uh, allow us to pay the bills. Um, so it's one way that you can give back. If you love these podcasts, come over and join for a couple of months, be a 14 day free trial, kick the tires around. And we've got lots of great new things going up on a daily basis. We would love if you subscribe and like, um, wherever you, you do that, Apple, Spotify, um, and then go over and check out our other two podcasts, uh, high school hoops and teacher sidegate. I think you'll love them. All right, let's head back to the podcast. What, uh, what's, if you could talk to one coach, any sport, who would you talk to and why living or dead? You know, there, there's a bunch. There, there's a bunch of good ones in uh, both captain, captain class yep. and grit. Um, Grit's a great book. I know that book. We'll talk about it in a second. That's a great book. Um, one coach, living or dead, that I would want to talk to. You know, I'm going to go wooden, um, and, and I think wooden because he found a way to make a super successful program based upon not the X's and O's, not the talent, but upon the culture. And he was one of the first ones to do it. You know, I think everybody else kind of learned from that, you know, whether you talk about, you know, Krzyzewski or, you know, um, Muffet McGraw or, you know, any of those types of things, um, you know, Pat Summit, you know, Wooden was probably the first one that was focused on, you know, the, the mental health of the organism that was a team. Right. And the individuals that made up that organism and everybody took their own little spin from it. But he was really the one that was like the innovative foundation of it's not my way or the highway like Lombardi. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm going to learn about you and I'm going to figure out a way that this new unique experience, this new living being of a team happens. And just to figure out where he had that innovation, because maybe there's another one out there. And, you know, I think understanding how somebody becomes innovative, which he was. Uh, you know, in that aspect would be why I'd want to be able to talk to him. Okay. Um, favorite quote and why? Why'd you pick it? Um, you had it, right? Well, the, the favorite quote I gave you was the title of an article that I uh, that I wrote last week or two weeks ago, which is, 
school is not just a building, uh, sports is just not a team. And, and you know, what I mean by that is, is really, we think of a school as a building and we think of, you know, high school sports as a team, but it's not, you know, it's, it's what I just talked about there. It's the people that make that up. It's the community. It's the feeling you get um, from being part of a team or in a building that is a school. Um, you know, in terms of favorite quote that I think of, you know, I, other than that, you probably go to, to something, you know, Michael Scott said, I would think, you know, if I want to fall back on it. And, and you know, or, or, or maybe Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec, depending on the mood. You I'm are in. Ron Swanson. Every time I watch Parks and Rec, you are Ron Swanson. Yeah, March 31st just came, and I had my 93 meetings, and it was a heck of a day. But um, for those of you that get Parks and Rec, you'll understand that one. <laughs> Otherwise, look up uh, 93 meetings. It is, uh, it, is, uh, it, is, it, is, it is close second to office in my book. I just, I'm just rewatching the entire seven seasons. Um, c- books. Books you'd recommend, or book, book or books? Yeah, I mean, the score takes care of itself, um, which is uh, Bill Walsh. Um, okay, uh, is one I'm reading right now. Um, you know, Grit um, is something that I, I had a chance to run a conference for athletic directors, and that was um, one that I was kind of the reason that you know, pursue your passion was the theme that I had. Um, Captain class. Um, you know, I really like things that are statistically based, kind of a scientific approach with a narrative to understand kind of human behavior. Um, and then, you know, you of, like, do you like Malcolm Gladwell then? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, now, um, especially, you know, and I've started to be able to sit down and read a hardcover book again, but, you know, I look at, you know, Hidden Brain, um, you know, the podcast world too has really, you know, become nice because it's, it's an ability to interact, you know, passively with the, the original source. Um, you know, I think Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert um, is a great podcast. And, you know, not to say that those are replacing books, but I think they're replacing books. Um, it's ways that we can get an editorial that's based upon information um, delivered to us um, while I'm you know, going on a walk with the, with the kids. Well, yes, I'm, I'm telling you, I think that's a difference. And, and the hard part with Audible and books for me is to get the time to get, you know, you kind of, podcasts, you can kind of jump in and out. That's what mm-hmm. I have found. And it's like, I take the dogs for a walk. I can jump on a podcast. I can leave it and come back. Books, it's like, if you do that in and out all the time, it's just, it's hard to get that flow, I think. Um, I do like Audible though, a lot, but. You know, and I think books, books are now becoming, not obsolete, but they're they're a special treat. Right. You know, I, I have a chance to sit down when I'm on on vacation, or I make a point to read two chapters every night, or whatever it might be. Where, you know, how do we gain more information for ourselves um, in those snippets? You know, kind of the difference between a movie and a sitcom. Um, you know, a lot more people are going to be watching sitcoms because they can do it in a smaller chunk of time than. Yeah. And nobody's going to movie theater to sit next to three of their closest friends right now. Either. Right. Anyway. All right. So last, last basketball question, and then we'll do my rapid fire where I ask you a question and you get one answer. Um, so wh- explain your following philosophy. You and I have had this discussion before, and I think listeners would love to hear this about following up or down at the end of a game. What is your philosophy on that and why? Because the math person, we're both math teachers. So 
former math teacher over there, but yes, both yeah. math teachers. Well, it's like riding a bike, you're always a math teacher. Yes, yes. You know, I, I think it's it's good to have the decision made before you're in the moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my thought is um, if, if you have a, a more than six seconds left um, and you are up two points, um, you know, you're obviously going to play it out. What do you do when you're up three is really kind of that, that question. Yes. Um, you know, and I think when you are up with, with six or more seconds, uh, you don't fall. Um, because I think there's probably as likelihood that you would make a three-pointer as you would make a free throw and get a rebound and have another opportunity. Um, under two seconds, you know, I think you foul because all you got to do on the rebound is tip it away. Right. Um, so I think if you, you think two make, seconds is the cutoff to foul then? I think, two, I think two seconds is the cutoff to foul because it doesn't allow the offensive team to tip the ball out to shoot a three-pointer. And I think the thing is you have to really practice the following part. Like you have yeah, to practice. If you can't follow effectively, you should never follow because right. you might just follow anyway. And and that's that's the issue we've had is even when we've done it in practice, practicing it, following effectively is not an easy skill. <laughs> it needs practice because they don't know how to follow effectively. Um, you know, and I think the the other the one that's actually a little bit more of a, a definite is when you're shooting a free throw with under two seconds left, and you're up one. It's better to miss than to make. Yeah. Well, do you think it depends on timeouts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you know they've created the failure in the end the game situation, if you make a free throw with less than two seconds left, you give them a chance to inbound because all they're shooting there is a three anyway. You would rather have them not have the chance to inbound. Right. You know, up to. But in terms of falling, you know, I think you've got to sit down with the staff and troubleshoot that, and then decide if your team's capable of falling. Um, and when you have, when you have six or more seconds left, if you can follow the right person, you know, maybe that's the other way to go too. So there's a little bit of variability, but you should know before you get to the second half or fourth quarter, like in, in a, in a game that has, uh, only one person advancing, you know, I think you might do it right. a little bit differently in the regular season. Um, you always got to save something. Uh, so people don't for exactly the, know how for, you're going to do it. For the end. I agree. Okay, rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a question, and you have to give me one answer, okay? Your favorite brand of basketball, not like fast break, but like brand, like type of basketball. like. But not Spalding. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm asking for. Your favorite brand. Do you have a brand that you like, like Spalding Rock? That's what I'm asking. Spalding TF 1000 Classic. Okay. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Versatile. Uh, if you go to one sporting event, what would it be and why? The Masters. Yeah. I Now that I've been to the Final Four, I think Masters is next for me. I agree. Um, one skill not being taught in today's game. Blocking out. Um, one thing you do to relax. Meditate. One coaching technique you consider important. A video review. Best basketball player you've seen in person. Coached or just seen nope. in person? Best basketball player you have seen in person. Not coached. Can be coached, I guess. But. You know, I don't go to a lot of college or, or, or NBA games. And so I, I, I do get to go with somebody that I, that I um, coach, Wesley Matthews. Okay, that's what, I, that's what I thought you would have said. Okay, um, uh, best player of all time? Jordan. Uh, favorite basketball drill? Three-on-three three continuous. Uh, basically based upon uh, Iowa's six-on-six six girls basketball. 
Okay. One thing to help you become a better coach. Losing. Best game you've seen in person. Uh, 2011 state championship triple overtime. Done. I agree. Same for me. Um, one you were in the stands before the game was over. Some I of did. Still coaching. I, I know. I'll put the link down below. That was hilarious. Uh, best best game you have seen in uh, best game you've seen in person. You said that F uh, favorite quote we did. Uh, one word to describe your coaching style. Intense. Uh, top bench player of all time or sixth man. Me. I was your sixth man. I okay. Think. Was yeah, there team. you go. That's a, I, I'll, I'll take that answer. Best basketball coach of all time. Pat Summit. Uh, one thing you would change about the game. It's a pretty damn good game. Um, I wouldn't change anything about the high school. I don't think I'd change anything about the high school game. Okay. You, the last part is you're going to leave it, change it, or replace it. Halves in a game. Leave it, change it, or replace it. Leave it. Jump ball. Replace it. Uh, shot clock. There isn't one. Keep it that way. Okay. <laughs> Three-point shot. Replace it with the uh, – about a foot back. I think, it, I think our players have gotten bigger. I think space yeah. is – it, it, it removes some of the physicality from the game, which which is the subjective part. Um, I think so international. I think, I think international would be perfect for high school. Yeah. Um, I personally think the high school court's too small now. I mean, there's yeah, other, I was, there's I, that was the, the one thing you'd ask about changing, but I don't think we need the extra ten feet. And then it, it's a little just, it, you know. And I think the bodies have gotten so big, though. That's the problem. But, but it might not be longer. It might be wider. Um, Yes. Yes. You know, I, yeah. It might not be longer, but wider. That would, you know, when you think about both ice hockey and soccer, which have irregular field sizes sometimes. Right. You know, the, the evolution of the athlete makes it probably a more pure game when you have a little bit more width um, for operation and spacing. Well, I'm surprised the NBA hasn't done that. You know, especially since they have to, you know, truncate their three-point line. On right. The why, why not make it a little bit? But they'd lose seats. They don't want to lose right. seats. Right. I mean, they lose seats. <laughs> they don't want to do that. Um, leave it, change it, replace it. Uh, summer basketball. AAU, grassroots basketball. Eliminate it. Okay. You want that? That's my last question. Why eliminate it? I guess replace it would be a better one with people yeah. that have the uh, best interest of the student athlete. Uh, and, and there are some out there and I, I shouldn't, yep. I shouldn't paint a, a wide brush uh, on that. I think there, there are, are great, positives. there are great summer AAU coaches. There are unbelievable ones. The problem is there's like we were talking about before, in my opinion, there's a lot of people chasing money. I don't well, think I, there'll be contact this summer. There, there's too many people playing uh, AAU summer basketball because it's now no longer become uh, a tool for recruiting. It's become a tool for um, money. So I guess it would be replace it with a smaller system that allows for, you know, appropriate leveling and meeting the students at that need. And that will be interesting. I think the pivot, I think the pivot might, might be occur with summer. The reason I ended with this is that I think the pivot might happen this summer with contact and what the colleges can do and contact days that they might do some pivoting where they, they're going to have to get out to the high schools more 
next year if there's hopefully there's ice in the season but that's kind of my thought all right you know i think when you look at that across sport too um you know that's more of a club sport question we just need to really have a an understanding of what's appropriate from a user standpoint I can't blame the the club sports for doing what they do to no. give the most people those opportunities. You know, it's going to come from the users to, is this a product we really want? And can we provide it better uh, using like a high school mechanism or, you know, can we get parents and kids to understand working individually and together within your community is going to be as valuable and in fact more valuable for many people um, than traveling around the, the country plan. Right. I agree. All right, any parting words for the coaches that are listening? Uh, in this weird, unique time, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for innovating. You know, thanks for challenging what you do. Um, be well, stay well, wear a mask on public. Yes, wear a mask. That's our going part. All right, thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. If you did, please go over and leave that five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Acast, wherever you listen to these podcasts. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is my baby. Um, Learn all my secrets of how I was able to win 80% of my high school games, three state titles, multiple conference championships. Um, Let me help you through this great journey we call coaching. All right, have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.